Welcome to the fifth episode of Red's Room Podcast. I'm your host, Red. And I'm Jake. And today we are talking about the Emerald Tablet. For those who have never heard of it, the Emerald Tablet was a uh, supposedly emerald um, tablet with some sacred writings about the universe. Supposedly had contained the the mysteries of the universe inscribed on them. It's a legendary tablet that hasn't been found, but we're going to give you a history on how the idea of it came about and the legend. Yeah, man, it's a it's a crazy podcast. Yeah, we're going to get into some conspiracies here, and we're going to kind of guide you through what's fact and what's not, not so. so factual. Yeah, yeah. literally, <laughs> literally. Okay, uh, let's start. I want to start with a quote about the Emerald Tablet. Uh, this was by a translation of Isaac Newton. I'm just going to read the first few lines, give you a little taste of what the tablet says. Um, the quote is, "'Tis true without lying, certain and most true." That which is below is like that which is above, and that which is above is like that which is below, to do the miracle of one only thing. And as all things have been and arose from one by the meditation of one, so all things have their birth from this one thing by adaptation. That's the quote from the Emerald Tablet. That's how it starts. Um, if you've ever... I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but that quote's been used a lot. The um, Part of it has the... As is above, uh, as is below. Is, so is below. Yeah, it's been used in a lot of things. So n- now you're hearing the source of where it comes from. So let's get into a little history of, of this tablet. So the most common myth, the most common legend of it is that it was found in a cave under the statue of Hermes and T- uh, Tiana, clutched in the hands of the corpse of Hermes Trismegistus himself. Now... In our episode of Occult Theocracy, we touched on the mystery schools of Egypt that were formed around the worship of Hermes. These, this was like a psychedelic religion. They would, psychedelic cult, you could say. Yeah. You know, they would take this psychedelic wine and, and then they would have these visions of Hermes and they would behold the light of Osiris and, um, you know, possibly, I think that's part of the legend of the tablets come from is the idea of this ancient hermetic you know understanding yeah this wisdom i think like just it all kind of falls under the idea of hermeticism and i mean the man had a freaking golden throne dude like he was up there yeah yes so just a little history there for you that this the religion and the beliefs in hermes they go back farther than we could possibly trace. And he, he's a God that's linked to knowledge. And I think that's kind of key to where this legend comes from. Um, so with this legend here of them finding it in the cave, uh, there's a few other ideas around where they actually found it. But I just want to make it clear that no actual tablet's ever been found. Yeah, uh, till this day. Like, there's no... We don't have the physical tablet. It would be freaking awesome if we did. But all we're yeah. really left with is multiple translations. I believe it's been translated numerous times. It it has, and it's well. There's a yeah. There's a few different sources, and they're they go back to um, Arabic and then to Latin before they before they be were translated into English. Mm-hmm. But the very oldest sources 
of the legend are in Arabic. Um, specifically, the specific oldest one, it's called The Secret of Creation and the Art of Nature from the late 8th or early 9th centuries when it's dated. And that is where that original, that legend we're talking about comes from, of them finding the tablet um, in a cave um, on the corpse of Hermes on a before a golden throne. Mm-hmm. I touched on that earlier. I think it's I think it's pretty freaking sweet. It's a cool legend. Yeah. For sure. I find it odd that it's on the corpse of Hermes. Yeah. When he's supposed to be eternal. But there's ideas around that, right, Jake? Yeah, like part of the whole thing was possibly getting immortality. That can also be described as not just living forever, but a sense of reincarnation where Maybe he was able to reincarnate, but... So one idea is that that's the corpse of one of his incarnations? Yes. Yeah, that's that's the only way it makes sense in mm-hmm. the legend, right? I mean, to me, that I mean, if he achieved immortality, I mean, how did he die? But I guess the whole idea of people that are, I guess, maybe higher up or achieve a, such a high height of enlightenment that when you're able to be reincarnated that you keep your previous info. Right. That that's just one legend. Yeah, that's you know? just that's just little little tinfoil hatty for me, but yeah, it all is. Mm-hmm. But the text itself is it's pretty interesting if you read it. Yeah, I I totally agree. It's I and also I guess one thing one more thing to touch on the Emerald Tablet. It's not all that long either. No, it is not very long. No. Yeah, it's just like a a a chapter of the Bible. Is yeah, like all the whole thing is. But it's it it's been a huge um, source of inspiration to um, the early medieval alchemists, mm-hmm. and you know basically what became science was extremely influenced by alchemy. The quote I read earlier was from Isaac Newton. He he himself was very interested in it, as as were all the all the learned men of that time were pretty interested in it. Yeah, definitely a hot topic of conversation. Yeah, it was it was extremely popular with the alchemists, but it was also became very very popular with cultists in the esotericists. You know, in the early nineteenth and twentieth century is when this thing really gained a lot of traction, and uh, it's around that time that this book called uh, the Kybalion Kybalion. Sorry if I'm messing that up, but this book it was a deep dive into the hermetic philosophy and people were becoming very interested in the in hermeticism around this time that's where more even more legends of the tablet kind of um gained traction and all these ideas started swarming around it yeah like that's the thing is that there's so many different interpretations of you know what was on there what is the I think the big thing about this is what is the true meaning? A lot of like the statements like of what you read, it's kind of like a more look into it type thing. Like you do not take these things surface value, but I think that there is something more to take from it than what is just written down. Yeah, I feel like they make all these these conspiracies around it because at the core there, there is something you know very profound in the text. Mm-hmm. There, it, it, it's definitely, um, it definitely is a touch of ancient wisdom that, you know, draws people in. Yeah, and the one thing I guess we can guarantee 
you know, with all of this, you know, little tinfoil hatty, little conspiracy, but it is ancient text, and that is that is very true. Yeah, regardless, I think the ancient text itself is very profound. Um, what to me gets tinfoil hat is what comes later, and yeah. we're going to show you um, how how interesting this text is and how it birthed so many conspiracies and um, possible religion. Yeah, let's let's get into into how this happened. So we were talking about that time in the early nineteenth twentieth century. So around the early nineteen hundreds, um, this character named uh, Maurice Dor- Doriel who is an American occultist, he claims in 1925 that he went to the Great Pyramids of Giza and discovered the Emerald Tablets of Toth, a king of Atlantis. And he then claimed that he had translated the text. Yeah, I feel like yeah. in those two sentences, there's a lot to unpack already, yeah. right? Especially where we're flash forward into the 1900s. But this, this is an interesting cat we're going to get into here. Yeah, this is where... Um, I got confused researching, and I'm sure anyone who's heard about the Emerald Tablet it gets confused. So the Emerald Tablet, you know, is a little more legitimate. It comes from those early Arabic sources, you know, around it. And it's just that one little short book that's really profound and, mm-hmm. you know. But now births... You know, Maurice here, he burst this whole new idea about multiple tablets. And I like how it usually specifies that the original Emerald Tablet was written by Hermes Trismegistus and that these later tablets were of Toth, a king of Atlantis. That kind of will help you um, distinguish the little bit more credible one to the more far out one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, and they're so similar. We got one that's tablet and one that's tablets. So you got to be careful. Yeah, and they're both around the same god, Toth or Hermes. It's the same guy. But I feel like Doriel gets into more of a, uh, you know, a little more fictional version. Yeah, it is. It is fun to talk about, though. Right. Hopefully, I'm not offending anyone if they believe this. But <laughs> this is this is where this idea comes from. It comes from 1925 from one guy. Okay, and it kind of reminds me of like the history of of um, the Mormon Church. Yeah, like it's one guy who found these sacred tablets and he translated them, and nobody has the original tablets yeah. to see. Like he doesn't, he never produces any evidence. Yeah, it. He kind of feels like a almost like a I don't know a fake prophet type idea. Kind of. That's the vibe I get from him, at least. Uh, So he he has this idea, and around 1930, he forms this Brotherhood of the White Temple in Denver. And and then he claims in 1931 that in Los Angeles, he meets two Atlanteans who take him to a cave underneath Mount Shasta. This is a freaking awesome way. Not only we're not going to Egypt, we're not going, we're going to L.A., yeah, we're going to Mount Shasta, which I'll give them Mount Shasta. If you look into it, it is historically related to like paranormal things. Okay. And it has to do with like Native Americans. But I mean, I'm not saying that gives it any, any credence or validity, but I mean, maybe that's why he chose the site. I don't know. <laughs> uh, 
I, I find it really weird too that um, this ties to another thing I've read before about the I am discourses that were written by Guy Ballard, who was a theosophist. And I don't think I mentioned um, uh, Dorio Maurice. He was also a theosophist. And I feel like that's kind of has influenced their ideas. But um, the I am discourses, what's interesting is Guy Ballard, he claims that he went to Mount Shasta and was visited by the an ascended master named Saint Germain, uh, who also told him stories about Atlantis. And while he was there, he was looking for a group called the Great White Brotherhood, which sounds oddly similar to the Brotherhood of the White Temple that was formed by Dorio. I just find I just find it a very coincidental. Yeah, no, I. You could definitely get those two mixed up easily. It's funny, too, because we went from the Emerald Tablet and the Emerald Tablets being two different things, and now we're to the White Brotherhood. and Yeah. The, what was it? Let me read it again. The, white, the, the, the yeah. Great White Brotherhood and the Brotherhood of the White Temple. Two different things, though. Yeah, two different things. Both sound like white supremacists, but... <laughs> yeah. And crazy. They all sound crazy to me. Yeah, dude, it sounds like a freaking Skyrim faction. <laughs> yeah, 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 it definitely could be. So, <laughs> so let's get back to Doriel and his his ideas around it. So he starts with this translation of the tablets, claiming that Toth was an Atlantean king, and that he only he saw these tablets and only he translated them. And then he starts developing a cosmology focused around inner earth describing underground races that he he claims that he got this knowledge from atlanteans and then he develops theories about underground an underground serpent race that sounds like a ton of conspiracies nowadays yeah and it kind of sounds like the birth of it this it's all coming from this 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 guy and his claim on the emerald tablets yeah this is pretty og this is the 1950s like I, I guess this is maybe what coined the term. Maybe this is what started the term conspiracist and it's like negative connotation, you know? It's just right. funny to think about. Yeah, maybe. And then let's see, what else does he do? So he starts with that. He goes to the serpent race. Then he, oh, what's he bring in next? He brings in aliens. Why wouldn't he? <laughs> of course he brings in aliens into the theory, right? And he combines them all into one theory, his grand theory that uh, in the uh, second half of the 20th century that this serpent race would ally with the Antichrist. And he believes that there would be three types of flying saucers, including one piloted by serpent people who were once icebound in in Siberia, became defrosted, and then replaced and overthrew the communist regime in Russia. Sounds like he's turning all these conspiracy ideas into like a doomsday cult to me. That's that's the vibe I'm getting here. Yeah, where's his bunker at? Because I need to see it. (laughs) <laughs> well, his bunker seems to be in Colorado because in the early <laughs> 40s and 50s, he relocated his brotherhood uh, near Sedalia, C- yeah, Sedalia, Colorado, where he predicted that nuclear war would happen in 53, but that him and his community would be protected by the mountains in the valley uh, that they relocated to. So there's his bunker. Uh, Sedalia, Colorado. Um, so, if you believe that the aliens and the Hollow Earth serpents 
um, are going to destroy the world with the Antichrist and flying saucers, you probably want to get some land in Sedalia, yeah. Colorado, because yeah. Doriel, he totally claims that's that's where you're going to be safe. This is your guy right here, man. Yeah, this is your cult leader, I'd say. Um, so that's sort of the end of him. He comes up with all these ideas, and then he dies in 63. Now, despite all the indications that he was a kook, um, his ideas have proven to have a lasting impact on the Emerald Tablet to this day. Uh, like we said, it's hard to it's hard to Google Emerald Tablet without finding tons of information about the Emerald Tablets and all the crazy conspiracies around them. So it makes it kind of hard to separate, you know, fact from fiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I it researching this was definitely hard. I whether I was going on YouTube or Google, I kind of found a lot of the same information. I don't know if you had the same thing. Yeah, I did. And I, I actually found a few sites that mixed the two. I yes. found a, several sites that mixed the two up. Yes, def, I, I had the same thing. I, I think I think most people who are just a little familiar with them totally mix them up because, you know, the Emerald Tablet, okay, that one, it seems a little more, it seems a lot more plausible to me. Especially with the names that have pursued it. I mean, we're talking about Isaac Newton, like... We learned about him in grade school. Like he's a highly respected man, and he was even interested in it. Now this other Emerald Tablets plural thing, it's more of a just funny thing to think about, in my opinion. Right. That wasn't even an idea when Newton was around. Yeah. Yes. You know, but there was many alchem, and there was many Arabic alchemists um, that were very um, interested in it. Which, you know, that was that was the birth of modern science. Uh, they were all kind of focused around this idea of this emerald tablet and, you know, the philosopher's stone. Yeah, I, I t- legendary I, things. Yeah, I want to get into the philosopher's stone maybe in a in another episode. But the whole idea of alchemy is like crazy to me. It sounds like magic. Like, it's interesting. It's where it's yeah. it, it's where it started. It and we started separating. You know, the you know, the legendary and mythological things from the factual things. It's, it's, it, it was the beginning of the process. So. Yeah. I, and like the whole idea of turning certain more non, uh, what is, what is the word I'm looking for when you're desired resources, like turning non-desired resources into gold and just like, yeah, like base metals and yeah. more desirable ones. Yeah. And I, I think, um, I think that ties back to the tablet and to hermetic philosophy in the idea of, you know, turning um, baser, more, you know, less evolved parts of you and your psyche into, you know, higher, more enlightened ones. And that's where I, I think you hit that head on the nail there, where a lot of this maybe isn't necessarily take it on face value maybe more take it and apply it to things that can better your life, whether it's enlightenment, blah, blah, blah. But it's freaking weird to think about, man. But when I heard, I mean, I don't know if it's true or not, but turning like not more non-desirable metals into freaking, I don't know if it was, what were it? Was it aluminum or? Oh, I don't know. I didn't. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know we were doing the philosopher's stone, so I didn't go into it too much. Yeah. But I, I always know the gold. Yeah. Le- led to gold one. Yeah, led to gold. That, that's what I, like, it, it, dude, like, when I heard that, I was like, what? Is this freaking witchcraft? Like, what am I reading right here? <laughs> right. Yeah. 
Well, uh, you know, and a lot of people think it's it's more metaphorical, you know. Yeah. But these tablets, you know, they're they they spawned a lot of things. They were they're tied to a lot of things from like we said alchemy to crazy conspiracies that we still hear these, you know, nowadays which probably are tied to like QAnon and Trump too. <laughs> yeah. I you know, it's it's definitely a rabbit hole, but I think that about covered it, man. Uh, think? I think we did. I, I hope we made it more clear about the difference uh, between the tablets, the tablet and the tablets. So sorry if we totally insulted you, if you believed in those conspiracies about the tablets, but uh, it's just how we felt about it. And that's this. We're just giving you the history of where it came from. And, you know, I don't want to take away anyone who, uh, who, tie, who, who likes to read into the wisdom of the Emerald Tablet. Um, I find it very fascinating. Yeah. And, you know, who knows where that one came Who knows, you know, if that one did exist or does exist, you know, it, it, might, it might be in the, the vault of the Vatican somewhere, you know? Yeah, I, I've heard of multiple places where it could be, some more far out than others, but maybe it is out there, and if it is, man, I want to freaking see it. Uh, me too. That would be awesome. Yeah, like, especially just the idea, like, you know, we've all heard of the commandments and it being in, in, in carved into, like, that stone or whatever. Like, this just this sounds, like, so freaking cool and as well as of it being a freaking piece of emerald. Yeah. Like, that thing's got to look so sick, dude. Yeah, they totally they totally one up to Moses. They're like, you got stone, we got emerald, <laughs> yeah. bro. Ours is freaking green, dude. Yeah. So, guys, uh, you know, I feel like we covered it good. I hope you guys enjoyed us talking about it and gave you some little bit of facts there to look into. Um, as usual, um, all the references to what we're saying are in the notes. So, um, until next time, you know, this is Red. This is Jake. Thanks for listening. Have a good one.